This is Podco Media Networks. Hello and welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast. I'm your host, Marco Knox, aka the Phytogenic Chef. This week joining the show is Dr. Stephen Smith, founder of Vegan Fine Foods based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Dr. Smith switched to a whole food plant-based lifestyle over 20 years ago after a health scare and he has never looked back. During those 20 plus years, he realized that a lot of stores don't carry vegan products. Or if they do, you had to search high and low for them. And when you found one you actually liked, it was no longer there the next time. He grew tired of this scenario, so he decided to solve the problem. Now he's a pioneer and he is shaking up the grocery space with the first of its kind, all vegan market that includes an eatery. He's a brilliant mind and a man on a mission. I hope you enjoy the story of Vegan Fine Foods with Dr. Stephen Smith. Dr. Stephen Smith, welcome to the Peace Love Plants podcast, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm living the dream, status quo. (laughs) So I'm really eager to learn more about what you're doing in this plant-based space. I see you all over the internet shaking it up with your new concept, Vegan Fine Foods, based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. But before we dive into that, let's talk a little bit about your background. I watched one of your interviews and you spoke about how long you've been vegan. I think it was 20 years. Is that dated? Is it more than that now or is it still around 20? Yeah, it's actually a little more than that. So I made the transition in 1997. So we're coming up on 23 years now. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. 23 years. So let's go back to that time. So we're at 1987 now. Oh, 97. 97. I'm sorry. I don't want to teach you too much. (laughs) We're in 1997 and you're transitioning into vegan. What was the catalyst for that? Was it just because you were in the animal movement? Did you have a health scare? Take me back to that and walk me through your decision. Yeah, so it was a health scare. And so in 1997, I was just completing graduate school. So I had been working on my master's and my doctorate sort of back to back. So I graduated after seven years being in graduate school. I graduated in 1997. And in those seven years, you know, I just really didn't take good care of myself, didn't eat well, like most students, gained a lot of weight and really had some health scares. My immune system was shot and I was constantly sick. So, you know, I made a commitment that once I finished the program, I should have started it before I finished the program, but I just, you know how it is when you're a student and you're just totally overwhelmed. But once I completed the program in 97, that was May of 1997, I made a commitment to myself that my health and wellness would be my top priority over everything else. And so one of the first thing I did, just wanted to cleanse my system. I wanted to drop some weight. And I just decided, I didn't know much about vegetarianism or being a vegan, but I decided to give up meat dairy, which I was never a big dairy fan anyway, but I did eat meat and decided to give it up just to cleanse my system. And then I started reading and doing research on health and nutrition and started feeling better immediately and never looked back. And the more I got into this new way of living and eating, you know, because it's really a change in lifestyle, I became more and more passionate as I started feeling better and better. And then the rest is history. Then I really started understanding what being a vegan and being plant-based meant. And it actually evolved beyond just for health reasons, also philosophical reasons too. So, you know, that's how it all happened. That's good stuff. And isn't it amazing how you go into switching to a vegan diet or plant-based diet for one thing, and then once you get into it, all these other doors open to you and you realize, wow, there's a lot more to it than just health. Like you mentioned, the philosophical reasons and all the other things that opened up to you. It's an amazing catalyst. You know, it's funny, I don't know, you know, I grew up in New York City, the New York City area. 
And I've always loved animals. You know, I grew up with a dog, always loved dogs. And I can remember even as a kid, I never liked to see my mother prepare meat. It's just, I don't know, it's just something I never liked. So when I finally made that transition, it was so natural to me because that diet and lifestyle, especially the diet, just didn't seem natural to me anyway. So it was a very easy transition. A lot of people would ask, don't you miss this? Don't you miss me? I never missed it. I mean, once I made the decision, I never missed it. Never looked back, huh? Never looked back. That's great. I love that. It was the same thing for me when I finally made the switch. I'm certainly not 20 plus years in. I'm only a few years in. But one thing that was very similar to your stories, I did it for health reasons as well. You touched on it. It's amazing how quickly your body reacts when you're putting the proper fuel in it and how quickly you regain your health and shed the weight. I mean, it was like you mentioned, almost immediate. So that's really good stuff. I commend you for that. That's awesome. And you're a leader in that. It doesn't matter whether it's 20 years or one year or even one week. We have folks that come into the store after one week of making the transition and they feel better already. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good stuff. So your career is quite interesting to me, and I want to dive into that a little bit. I have my notes here, and it says you earned your PhD at Rutgers, and you worked as a professor there as well. And you also worked as a professor at Columbia, the University of New Orleans, Southern Connecticut State and even abroad in Brazil. And you currently serve as a professor at Florida Atlantic University. That's a pretty impressive lineup, Dr. Steven. Take me through how and why a successful professor decides to open the first all-vegan market and cafe in Florida. What was that transition like? And where was your head when you decided to do this? I guess my background, even before I became a professor, I'm just going to go back a little further than that. My undergraduate degree is chemical engineering. And I worked for Procter & Gamble right after graduating, and then PepsiCo. So I was actually working in the food industry prior to going back to graduate school and that kind of thing. So I had a basic understanding of the food industry, especially from my years at PepsiCo. So when I decided to go back to graduate school, it was after working at Pepsi for a number of years, having, like I said, experience in the food industry. And then I got my MBA. So again, so I went back to school. I was an undergraduate engineer. But in graduate school, I studied business, right? So when you study business, you know, you learn a lot about industries, how to do industry analysis, how to start up companies, how to manage companies properly and that type of thing. So I built a good understanding of business in addition to my corporate experience in the food industry. So when I finally graduated and became a professor, my area of specialization was international business and strategic management. So that... Obviously, I learned how to do the types of analysis and build business plans and that type of thing. Now, if I match that to my experience in the food industry, and then as we just discussed, becoming a vegan and really becoming passionate about plant-based eating and being a vegan, and then seeing some of the opportunities in that market and some of the problems that need to be solved, because I really came up with the idea for Vegan Fine Foods as a solution to a problem. Because as I was becoming a more devoted and passionate vegan, I just found it very difficult to find the products that I wanted. And I had to go to multiple places. And I've told this story many times. And that's how I got the idea for a one-shop, all-vegan market and cafe. And so, again, I saw that opportunity in the market. So my experience as a professor, as an engineer, going to graduate school to study business, both at the master's and Ph.D. level, it all came together and creating vegan fine foods. But over the years as a professor, yeah, I've been very fortunate and I've had the opportunity to teach at some great institutions, mainly in the United States, but as you said, also down in Brazil. 
So I've been very fortunate. That's amazing stuff. I appreciate you sharing that with me. So let's talk about the landscape of the plant-based movement. I read recently that the spike in vegan businesses is something like 600% over the last few years. Is that correct or is it even higher at this point? So there's a lot of data coming out now, but that 600% number is a number that's out there. And that's really looking at the projected growth going forward. So from where we are now, projecting out for the next three to four years, many analysts are predicting a 600% growth in this marketplace. So that's some of the research uh, the Plant-Based Institute and some of these other organizations have been putting out these numbers. And then you can even break it down by different food categories and that type of thing. So for example, dairy alternatives and meat alternatives are booming. And even within dairy alternatives, you know, vegan cheeses and nut milks are exploding. And now look at what's happening to the burger category, right? These veggie burgers and so on. So yes, overall, the projections are amazing. And I've seen projections more than 600%, you know, so it's quite interesting. And I don't think anybody really knows because these are projections, but the last five years, it's just absolutely exploded. Yeah. And obviously, in your professional opinion, you're looking at that and you're seeing that that's legit data in your mind. And you're going after that market. Exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about a little bit of your growth strategy with Vegan Fine Foods. Can you walk me through what you've done thus far and where you're at in the next phase? Yes. So my plan when we opened, so we're coming up on our two-year anniversary at our flagship store in Fort Lauderdale. And the plan when I opened, because there wasn't a business model like ours in the United States in the plant-based space. The closest thing I found when I was working on my business plan was a business in Europe. It was an all-vegan market. And I actually went to see it and spoke with some of the managers there, a company called Vegans, and they were based in Germany. And I went around the United States looking at different vegan businesses and that type of thing. And that all helped me to put the plan together for Vegan Fine Foods. But I still didn't know what was going to happen when we opened. I didn't know how the market would respond. And another interesting part about what we did, and a lot of folks warned me not to do it, was to use vegan in our name. Vegan is our first name. That's what I always tell folks. We're vegan fine foods and vegan is our first name. And many folks thought that was a mistake. Don't use vegan. People still refer to it as the V word, which I didn't agree with. I wanted that to be front and center. So, but I didn't know what the response was going to be, but I wanted to test the model. So when we first opened, the response was overwhelming. The community, people fell in love with what we were doing. They were very supportive. And then it sort of went viral. We started getting messages from all over the country. Oh, my God, can you open one in our city? Can you open one here? Can you open one there? So, you know, but again, this was the initial reaction. But I wanted to give it some time. And, of course, it's a new business. So I wanted to learn and figure out what worked and what didn't work. But after about a year, that's when I realized we were on to something and that we had a model that had significant growth potential. And then I started coming up and working on the strategy of how we would be able to grow the brand. And so what we've come up with is the following. A lot of companies in this sort of natural food space, whether it's Whole Foods or Sprouts or Fresh Market, any of these, as they expand and open new stores, those are all company-owned stores, right? So it's just one big company and they're funding and building more stores all over the country. We didn't have those kinds of resources, but I saw the potential to grow and I saw the potential to grow at a very fast rate. So that's when I decided that I would try something different, and that's franchising. Because just based on how passionate vegans are, and there are a lot of vegan entrepreneurs, I thought this would be an interesting way to help develop this vegan economy and give entrepreneurs all over the country and ultimately all over the world the opportunity to start their own plant-based vegan business. 
And again, you know how passionate we are and people want to do their part in making the world a better place. And this is one way to do it while at the same time owning your own business. So that's why I went with franchising. So that is the main part of our growth strategy. And the other things we're doing, you know, one is we're getting ready to launch our online store. So up to this point, we have not sold any products online. So that's another big part of our growth strategy. And then last but not least, at least for now, in the short term, we're going to be introducing our own branded products in every food category. So they're going to be our own branded products to help with our growth and to provide more variety in our product offerings in the store. So those are the three pillars of our growth strategy. I like that. So I'm just thinking like, wow, how can I get a franchise? But I imagine you've got people just lined up in your email box. Your phone is just going off the hook with people wanting to get involved with this. We've gotten about 500 inquiries so far from all over the world. I'm working on a deal right now. We're negotiating. We have a team of folks in Canada. They want a master license for the whole country of Canada. Their vision is to open in every major Canadian city. And there's not one part of the United States where we have not gotten an inquiry from an interested potential franchisee. When I think of the United States as a whole, and I think of vegan companies, Florida isn't necessarily top of mind for me. I think the Pac Northwest, West Coast primarily, right? But here you are, Fort Lauderdale, and it's exploding. And now you've got a global footprint, really, where people want to get involved with what you're doing. So where is the next store going to pop up? Are you there yet? Or is it still kind of in the background? You're negotiating with a few people still? No, so we have some deals already in place. Now, which is going to be the first to actually open the doors? I'm not sure. So it's going to be a race to see who's going to be the first. But we have a deal in Atlanta. The first person to actually close the deal and, and put some money down and really get this process started, he's in Atlanta. We have a deal for five units in Atlanta over a five-year period. So the plan is to try to get the first one open this year. And so he has a couple of locations. He's narrowed it down, and we're just waiting for him to just do what he needs to do. And we're providing all the support that he needs. But, yeah, so that's a five-unit deal for Atlanta. We also have Maryland that can come on board pretty soon. So we're already going through the process with the gentleman in Maryland who has some amazing ideas for growing the brand in Maryland and beyond. We have a few potential deals here in South Florida. And like I said, we have inquiries. We're talking to people all over the country. But those that I just mentioned, those are the ones that will probably, one of those will open first. Yeah, it sounds like you need someone. You probably do, I'd imagine. It's just someone going through the vetting process, just looking at all the potential, because I'm sure you get some that are legitimate and some that are like, well, Okay, you know, so how do you decide, right? There's so many people hitting you up on a daily basis to get involved with this. Yeah, so we had to hire someone. So we're working with a really, really reputable firm that specializes in franchising, and they're handling all the vetting and going through it. Because, of course, you get a lot of calls from people who want to franchise, but they don't have the resources to really do it. But, yeah, so we've got that covered. The vetting is being done by an organization with expertise in this area. What a great problem to have, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And I want to make sure the listeners understand when I say vegan fine foods and it's a market, but you're more than that. I mean, as you mentioned, you're going to have your own private label brand, but you have other things other than just a grocery store per se. I mean, you've got kitchen inside, right? You're serving food for people can come in and eat. You've got, what is it a health and wellness section of it too? Is that a separate part of the business? Walk me through all the components of it. Okay. Yeah. And this is a nice sort of continuation of our discussion about franchising because 
part of our franchising, we're franchising or giving franchisees the option to franchise different pieces of our business or different components. So basically what we have is vegan fine foods. And what we call the complete model, which is what we have in Fort Lauderdale, is under one roof, we have our grocery section. It's a full grocery section, you know, so frozen, refrigerated, dried goods, that kind of thing. So we have that. We also have our full service cafe, which we call Vegan Fine Cafe. And it's a quick service restaurant format. So folks come in and we have a full menu, they order and we bring the food out to them. Okay. And we also had a small body section in our store too, that we call Vegan Fine Body. But what we decided to do, we had some retail space that opened up right next door to our current store. It's a small space, uh, about a thousand square feet. So we grabbed that and now that separate space is going to be for Vegan Fine Body, which is all health and beauty care supplements, makeup, skincare, buy all kinds of cruelty-free health and beauty care products. So as far as what we're offering to potential franchisees, it's Vegan Fine Foods, the complete model, or they can get Vegan Fine Cafe as a standalone business, which I said is a quick service restaurant format, or they can do Vegan Fine Body as a separate boutique which is all just, you know, high quality health and beauty care supplements. Again, all vegan, cruelty-free, plant-based. That's great stuff. And those are all three segments that are just really needing some attention. So I'm really happy to hear that you're pumping some life into those sectors. That's great stuff. And you're doing more than just the vegan fine foods. As I touched on in the beginning of the episode, you're a professor, right? And you're doing some things with FAU, and I heard through the grapevine that you helped the athletic department last year with some of the meals for the football team. Am I right on that? Yeah, so what we did was we catered a few events, Vegan Fine Foods did. So we became a partner of FAU Athletics, again, Florida Atlantic University Athletics, which really involved all of their sports teams. So we catered a big event that was an event where you had all the teams there from football to basketball to tennis to soccer and everything else. So that event that we catered and we presented ourselves and our brand to all the coaches and assistant coaches and staff, that went really well. And people loved the plant base. It was the first time they've ever had an all vegan meeting, which was a lunch meeting catered. So that went over really well. And a lot of things came from that, but probably one of the biggest things that came from it is the female basketball team, the women's basketball team, really fell in love with what we were doing and asked us to provide meals to the student athletes before the game. So we started doing that as well. That's what we've done with FAU so far. And this is pre-game changers, right? Yes, pre-game. They're very regimented and they have to eat, obviously not right before the game, but a few hours before the game. And get some energy and make sure that they perform at the highest level. And I tell you, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, people have seen the game changers and there's a lot of information out there about how this type of diet is actually giving folks more energy, which helps them perform at a higher level. So that was part of our selling point, too, when we spoke to the folks at FAU Athletics. And you said the reception was really warm and they loved the idea. Were there some people that were a little skeptical? Like, hey, I mean, we're athletes here. Yes, of course. And that skepticism is still there. And, I, you know, hopefully one day it'll all disappear, but it's still there. And, you know, some folks just believe I need meat. But I think those that tried what we provided were pleasantly surprised with all the benefits without all that negative stuff involved when you eat plant-based, especially nowadays with these burger alternatives, because a lot of them are just love burgers and, you know, the typical American diet. So when you can provide plant-based alternatives, 
I think it definitely opens their mind. No doubt. It's really eye-opening when you get rid of that stuff and the dissonance, so to speak, kind of just lifts and goes away. So that's all really good stuff, Dr. Steven. We're about to set this thing down. These podcasts typically run 20 to 25 minutes or so. Is there anything that I left out that you want to touch on? Any initiatives on the horizon that I may have missed? That's the only thing I might be able to mention as part of our growth strategy. So when I started Vegan Fine Foods, I funded it myself and used my own resources because I really wanted to build this and sort of stick to my vision for what it could be. And so that got us through the first year, actually longer than that. And once we decided to grow based on the plan that I shared with you, that's when I realized that I was going to bring on investors. And so we went through this equity crowdfunding campaign that just ended January 31st. And we were very fortunate. We were able to raise a nice amount of investment capital. And we had over 1,400 people invest in our equity crowdfunding campaign. So that was a really, really good experience, amazing experience, because it showed that other people sort of saw the potential in what we're doing and not only saw it, but they wanted to be a part of it and they invested. The reason I mention that is we've gotten a lot of requests from folks that once we close that campaign down in January, a lot of folks were like, hey, I want to invest. I missed it. Reopen it once you close it down because it's heavily regulated by the SEC. But one thing that we have coming this year is that we're going to do a second round. So for anyone who may have some interest going forward, just follow us on social media and we'll be making some announcements that will give people the opportunity to be an investor in our business. I'm really glad to hear that because I am one of those people that missed out on that. So I'll definitely be looking forward to the second round to get involved. Let the listeners know where they can find you, your website and your social handles. Yes. So website is veganfinefoods.com and all of our social handles are the same, veganfinefoods. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Dr. Stephen Smith, thank you kindly for your time and for your work. It's impressive. As I mentioned earlier, I'm really glad that you're out there pushing this movement forward. And it's just truly wonderful what you're doing. And I'm sure you're inspiring many others to follow their own dreams because you definitely took a leap and followed your dream. And as we all know, passion is the main ingredient in any recipe. So thank you for your time and thank you for what you're doing. Well, I just have to say the same thing to you. What you're doing is amazing. You're inspiring. Everything you just said to me applies to you as well. So thank you. And thank you for this opportunity to be on your podcast and best wishes. And if there's anything we can ever do to support you as you continue making the world a better place, let me know. Innovative, brilliant. And why didn't I think of that? Are just a few things that come to mind after speaking with Dr. Smith. But in all seriousness, what Dr. Smith is doing is historic. And something we will all look back on one day and say, I remember when Vegan Fine Foods first started. He's onto something big, and with his expertise and drive, I truly believe that we will all benefit from his work. I hope you enjoyed getting to know a little bit about Dr. Smith. Be sure to check my show notes to stay up on what he has going on. That's a wrap for this episode, but tune in next Monday because my guest is the legendary Hall of Fame chef, Mark Reinfeld. You don't want to miss this episode. Until then, peace, love, and plants.